You are listening to another message from Ron Rhodes. Our prayer is that this message will speak to you and Jesus will change your life. For more resources or to get in touch with Ron, you can visit him on his website at www.ronrhodes.org. How should I say this? How many are as tender-hearted as I am if uh, you watch American Home Extreme Home Makeover Edition? Uh, it's now it's on Sunday night, so I know you have to TiVo and record it because I know you don't miss church for it, right? Uh, yeah, amen. Uh, uh, but obviously, I'm always on the road, but I like to TiVo it. In fact, I, I can't wait to get home this week and, and uh, watch this latest episode because I, I saw the precursor to it. And, uh, but um, I, I would sit there. And I have to admit, uh, as a grown man in front of all of you, I, 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 many times I'll cry. It's just a very moving moment uh, when they see the house and, and uh, they've been through rough times and whatever their story is. And, and um, uh, I, was, uh, I had this going on for, for quite some time and I, I felt like, you know, what, what an incredible opportunity it would be to do like our own little extreme home makeover edition overseas because you can do so much for so little amount of money overseas. Now, obviously, we don't have a multi-million dollar budget like ABC does, and uh, we, we, we wouldn't have seven days, but you know, I, I got to thinking, you know what, why don't, why don't we do one of these little mini extreme home makeovers in addition to doing a soccer salvation camp? And so, uh, I, uh, just a little over a year ago, we were in Chile doing a soccer salvation camp, and, and, and a couple of weeks before we got there, I hadn't told anyone about this, I hadn't even told the missionaries, couple of weeks before I got there, God began to specifically say, this is not going to just be a random act of kindness. This is really going to be a, a, a sign from me to someone that needs to hear this and needs a ministry in their spirit. And I, I landed in Santiago, Chile, and the missionaries picked me up and went to my hotel. And we were sitting there in my hotel room, and the missionary and his wife were sitting on the couch. And I began to unload this burden. I said, you know what? I feel like God's leading us to do. There's, a, there's the number one show in America. So on Sunday nights, the ABC goes in there and they just do a whole house for someone that's really struggled. And, and uh, you know what? I want to do our own little mini extreme home makeover for someone in your church. That's someone that's working with the camp. And I said, not to put any pressure on you, but I think it's someone specific. In the last two weeks, the Holy Spirit has been telling me that it's for someone specific. And immediately when I began to talk about what we wanted to do, the missionary, which is the pastor of this church, looked at his wife, and she's just sitting there crying, and tears are streaming down her face as she begins to catch the vision of this, and he says, I know who it's supposed to be. And it's the lady that is in this part of town that we're doing this camp, very, very poor situation, and she is the one that's volunteered to, to coordinate all the ladies that are going to be fixing the meals for the camp, and, and that's, that's no small task. This this meant that she was going to be in charge of creating 200 meals a day in the corner of a gymnasium that has no kitchen. They don't even have a sink. And they had to use the water hose outside and they had to bring in uh, uh, propane uh, stoves and set up tables and just make a kitchen and, and, in very, very hot conditions. And so what a hard worker and a servant's heart. And, and so we did it even better than ABC. She didn't even know that we were doing it. You see, it's a surprise to them on ABC of what it looks like, but we did it better. 
We get something we cannot do in America. We might get sued. We actually went into someone's house that didn't know we were in there because we got her out of the house and she thought she was away for a day of, of just relaxing after the camp. It was after the camp. We were tired, but we got the oldest son in on this and the dad was working and the mother took the two youngest kids and so the oldest son was the only one who knew about this and about 15 to 20 people from the team and from the, the, that church staff, we went in there, we, we spent, I don't know, two or $3,000 and we went in there and uh, we, we redid the floor, new tile, we painted, we cleaned, we got new couch, new chairs for the living room, uh, we, got, we got new uh, plates and, and linens and redid the bathroom. And I mean, we worked like dogs for 11 hours. Now, she still doesn't know we're in her house. She has no clue we're even close. Now, uh, and we were going to buy them a new stove. We could get one about $200. But just before we made the decision to do that, we turned to the, uh, the son and we said, you know what, is there something maybe that uh, they've been really wanting? And he says, you know what, dad's been really wanting a new bed. And, um, and, and so we made the switch. The stove worked. We just was planning on getting them a new one, but we just cleaned it up and we switched and we got them a brand new bed, new mattress, new box springs, everything, new comforters for all the kids. I mean, we just, we just totally transformed that whole, a whole little humble little home there at La Pintana, Chile. And at the end of it, we had it coordinated and she showed up and we're, man, we, we're covered from head to toe in dust and paint and all this stuff. And we're standing inside this little area. And she opens the gate, and there are 20 people standing there. She has no idea there's anybody at her house. And she's like, what are you doing here? And I point toward the door, and I tell her, just open it. <clears throat> and church, if I could somehow capture that moment and put it in front of you, one of the most powerful moments in ministry of all the years that I've been involved in the ministry was at that moment in which a mother and a wife and a woman that really cares about her home opened the door and she literally saw a brand new home sitting in front of her and such emotion came out of her at that moment. It, 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 it's an understatement to say that she cried and she sobbed as, as, as 20 people stood there at the realization that a humble servant of God in the middle of a very poor area of Santiago, Chile stood there and realized at that moment I'm on God's map, and God knows where I'm at. And He not only wants to take care of me, He wants to bless me. And she began to cry out, and she began to weep, and we were all sobbing, and she began to say in Spanish, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. And she hugged every one of us with such emotion, sobbing from the very inner part of her, her, her being, as she stood there in shock, as in awe, of, of, of totally a transformation. And literally she said, I need a picture to remind me of the way my house was, as she looked at a completely new house. And she sat there on the couch that day with her two kids, Weeping. Now, that's not even the good part. I thought it was just some random thing because I'm a sucker for extreme home makeover edition and, and it moved and I thought we just could do something nice. But let me tell you, the pastor had been taking the church through a prayer series. He had no idea about this either. He, he was taking them through a prayer series and through this, he had told them to write five things down that they wanted to pray for. And as she learned through this prayer series that, you know, she'd always thought before that uh, it would be selfish to pray for some things that she wanted in her life, but to, but 
but she had been encouraged and she wrote five things down. Guess what? Those five things, man, number one, number two, number three, number four, specific things that we did in that extreme home makeover that day. Number five, now she didn't show this until the next day after this was all over. Pastor still had no idea about this. And she showed it at the airport because they came to say goodbye to us as we were flying back to the States. And she leaned over and she says, Pastor, I want to show you. This is my list that I've been praying for for several weeks as we went through this prayer series. And you know what number five was? A new bed. You see, I thought it was just a random thing that we just switched from the stove to the bed. God cares about a little, little humble servant, Bob and Tana Chili, so much. And you know what? Man, a bunch of gringos in that neighborhood taking furniture out and delivery trucks, man, it created, uh, uh, I mean, I mean, all kinds of things were happening that day. An 80-year-old man walked up to the missionary's wife, said, what are y'all doing? And she began to tell him what she, and he says, well, I'm a backslidden Christian. I've been away from God. And man, that stirred something in the spirit. He said, I need to get back in church. Man, every time one of her neighbors walks into the house, she's going to be able to give glory to God. As Pastor mentioned the other day as I shared the story, he said, every moment morning that that woman wakes up she is reminded that God loves her reminded that God knows where she's at oh come on church man there were so many incredible things that God wants us to do Man, and we, we haven't been able to do that since, but we've been doing some grocery extreme makeovers. Man, the last couple of trips in, in Chile and the one just a week and a half ago in Honduras. Man, we went we went spent uh, two weeks ago tomorrow. We went to the grocery store down there. And we blessed a, a, a family in the church that was serving in the camp that just had someone break into their house and steal everything, all the stuff that, that was valuable in their house. And man, we, uh, God showed me who it was supposed to do, and we went and spent $300 at the grocery store, waste stuff that they'd never even seen or dreamed of having, name brand stuff, and we walked into their house that night and just filled up everything. I mean, everywhere you look was meat and stuff that they couldn't afford. And how, my goodness, church, man, God's got creative things that He wants to do through us. Why don't we just be a blessing as people of God? It doesn't always have to be all so spiritual for God to be using it and behind it. It's practical ministry, amen? Man, blame this on pastor. He wanted me to do this, all right? I get fired up, man. This is, man, it's, it's selfish, man. I stood there two weeks ago as a mom stood there with her three kids and tears streaming down her face. Just, man, a little humble home in, in this remote area of Honduras. And, and she is reminded, I'm on God's map. I'm on God's map. Praise God. Praise God. God's faithful, isn't he, man? Your pastor's wife just inspired me. She, we were talking about this, and she's like, man, you know, we got, what got this thing going on with, man, for a woman, it's getting her nails done, her hair done. You know, I think we're just going to start blessing the pastor's wives where we go overseas. And, man, we're just going to take them to a day and pamper them at some spa or something. I don't care. Man, let's get their fingernails done. That's behind, come on, women, that's behind God, right? God's motivated behind that. Man, a woman's got her nails done. She's on top of the world. Hair's done. She's feeling good. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, you want me to preach or you want me to shut up? I don't know. I, 
Let's stand for the reading of God's Word. I'm excited what God wants to do tonight. Thank you. That, I'm just letting you know some of the practical things that we're doing with the finances that people get behind us. Man, we, 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 we got things that we want to do and make a difference. And, 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 you know, it's not just random things. It's actually God setting it up. Amen. John chapter 18. John chapter 18. I'm just going to do some skipping around here. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. Verse 17. You are not one of his disciples, are you? The girl at the door asked Peter. He replied, I am not. Verse 25. As Simon Peter stood warming himself, he was asked, You are not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it, saying, I am not. One of the high priest's servants, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, challenged him. Didn't I see you with him in the olive grove? And again, Peter denied it. Lord, I praise you and I thank you so much for this wonderful group of God's people that have come out on this Tuesday night. Lord, they're hungry. They desire more of you. And Lord, we pray for the next few moments that through the anointing of the Holy Spirit that you would stir our spirit and our hearts. God, that you would impart in our lives. You would speak wisdom and knowledge. Holy Spirit, may you have the freedom to move into this place like you desire to move. May your gifts be in operation and may you prepare us for a wonderful time in the altar. We love you, oh God. This is your night, Lord. You knew that this group was going to be here and I believe right now you wanted to speak into every one of our lives. We love you, almighty God. We worship you. And we praise your holy name in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Before you're seated, give someone a big hug and say, you're absolutely amazing. Speaking of uh, extreme makeovers, that, that, that does seem to be the kind of theme of, of TV today, isn't it? Man, you can, you can turn it on, man. You can turn on any show and you can see makeovers that are happening. And I'm always kind of amused at... Uh, some of the advertisements that they have for products out there and exercise equipment, always promising this extreme makeover in your life. Isn't it funny? I mean, they've really got to coach these people when they're going to do video or take uh, pictures of the before picture. Have you ever noticed that? I mean, there's no way that they look that bad. I think they tell them, wear the rattiest clothes you've ever had in your life. Get two or three times size bigger than what you need. Don't go out in the sun for at least 50 years. And frown for the camera. And push out as far as you can. You just change the mentality and coach them. It's already a makeover. Stand up straight. Well, there you go. There's some pounds off. Let your face see the sun once in 50 years. Put a decent shirt on that fits you. Man, right there's a makeover. Comb your hair this time and smile. But isn't it amazing? I mean, all these things that they promise. Man, they promise you the world. Hey, remember the ab vibrator? That thing you just strap on? Man, who needs to do sit-ups and crunches? Let the Energizer Bunny do it. Put the batteries in. Let it do it. 
Man, you walk around, you got firm abs, man. Your stomach's looking all good. Drink, drink your Coke and eat your Snickers, but ab vibrator will take care of it. Man, you're walking around looking all, I mean, they even got muscles and it wasn't even up here. They got a tan out of the deal. I thought only people in America were gullible, but we actually saw those being sold on the street corner in Santiago, Chile. The Chileans are right up there with us. We had to have a government study come out and say, oh, by the way, it doesn't work. How many would agree with me as, as I just read about Peter? How many would agree he needs a makeover? Let's cut a guy's ear off. He's denied he's a Christian. And some of the accounts of the scripture, it says he cusses someone out that night because they ask if he was a Christian. Now, I, I want you to get this in the context because uh, I think so many times we miss out on something that takes place here. This, this is, um, these disciples, Peter included, these 12 disciples that walked with Jesus for three and a half years, I like to put it this way, they, they had just walked through the most incredible, intense discipleship program known to mankind, period. They were a part of the original Master's Commission. Doesn't get any better than that. I mean, you walking with Jesus Christ himself, I mean, think about it. At any time of the day, 24-7, you're walking with Jesus Christ. He knows everything. I mean, these disciples never had to get on the internet and Google anything. They just asked Jesus. And not even just spiritual things. I mean, hey, how many hairs on the top of my head do I have right now, Jesus? I mean, can you imagine have access to all wisdom and all knowledge? There's nobody better. He set the bar. I mean, you, you can't get any better than Jesus. And, and so these guys were exposed to the most incredible discipleship program ever known to mankind. Wow, access to Jesus Christ for three and a half years, 24-7, walked with him. I mean, everything that came out of Jesus' mouth was nuggets of truth. And man, it spoke into their heart. And they saw his compassion and his grace. And they saw how he delivered the message. And they saw how he ministered. Wow, what, a, what an incredible exposure. Now, they've walked through this discipleship program for three and a half years. And it's graduation night. This is great, isn't it? Man, graduation night. Disciples are going to graduate. This is graduation night. They've went through the discipleship program. Now it's time. You know what graduation night is. It's the night that Jesus would be arrested. Now it's up to them. He's prepared them. He's trained them. He's taught them. He's walked with them. And now he's got to do the Father's business. He's got to die on the cross. He's got to get resurrected. And then he's got to ascend to heaven. And he's going to release these disciples to reach the world. These are his disciples. I mean, graduation night. I mean, the teacher's got to be all proud. I mean, this is going to be great. Graduation night. I mean, even Peter, he, I mean, think about it. He's walked on water. They've seen blind eyes open. They've seen the dead resurrected. They've seen incredible things. I mean, Jesus, the teacher, he's got to be so proud. Graduation night. He, he's surely going to be able to count on these students, man, to be on their best behavior. This, 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 I mean, that's a given, right? I mean, we can at least give them the first, first evening. That, and on graduation night of having just been in the discipleship program, the Master's Commission, on graduation night, star pupil, top of the class, has an assault and battery, 
assault with a deadly weapon, attempted murder, uh, gets mad at someone asking if he's a Christian, cusses someone out, lies, deceives. I just read it to you. And all this on graduation night. I mean, not even the next week, not even the next day. Graduation night totally blows it. How many of you are like, you're being encouraged right now? Okay, there's hope. <laughs> if Peter does that, then I'm okay, all right? Because I have never cut anyone's ear off, all right? May have wanted to, but didn't. Totally off the handle. How many knows, even though Peter has walked through this most incredible, incredible discipleship program, how many would agree with me, based upon this night, that he is in need of a makeover? I mean, there's, there's something here. There's something here that, that, that it's not even out enough. There's something missing. Can I, can I take you to where he had an extreme makeover? Turn with me to Acts. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, verse 14. Now, this is a matter of weeks later from that instance. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. This is the same guy. Same guy on the day of Pentecost. He, he, just, he just had a, an extreme makeover in, in this spa called the upper room. And, and the person that was doing the extreme makeover was the Holy Spirit. And the thing that I believe tonight, church, what we've got to recognize and understand is that in a day and age that we live in, you can have the best of the best of the best of the training and the teaching, but there's still something missing. You see, Jesus told his disciples, the guys that he had just taken through three and a half years of discipleship and training and ministry, he had taken them through Bible college, I mean, master's commission, I mean, he had put them out there on the front lines, and he said, don't you dare think that you're ready to do what you are called to do until you receive the gift. And can I ask you this question in a day and age in the environment of the Pentecostal church today in which it is somehow we've gotten in our minds that it's some kind of option whether we get filled with the Holy Spirit can I ask you this one question? If it wasn't an option for the original 12 disciples, then why in the world do you think it's an option for you? Maybe I need to ask that again. If it wasn't an option for the original 12 disciples, then why in the world do you think it's an option for you? Peter needed an extreme makeover, and it comes by the way of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the same guy. And oh, I'm so glad... I'm so glad today that God's not like we are sometimes. You know what? Can you imagine if Peter was a part of the church today and he had done all those things? Man, he wouldn't be in the pulpit for how long? Think about it. We wouldn't allow, man, we would, I mean, we'd also, we'd, Man, but Peter humbled himself, repented, got in the right place with God, got restored, got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And guess who Jesus picks to be the keynote speaker on the day of Pentecost? The same guy a few weeks before that had salt with a deadly weapon, attempted murder, cussed someone out, lied, deceived, and denied he was a Christian. But yet, because he had an extreme maker of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he was picked to be the keynote speaker on the day of Pentecost. Come on. 
on, church. If there's hope for Peter, there's hope for you. There's hope for me. Think about it. Man, we would have, we would have put him on the cross, Peter. Me, we would have crucified him. We would have torn him to shreds. He's not, he's not minister material. Man, right there. Man, the restoration of what God does in our lives. But the wonderful thing about the Holy Spirit. Oh, look what happens when you get filled with the Holy Spirit. Where before, when Jesus has just been arrested right in front of Peter, and just a matter of moments, he begins to deny he's even a Christian or that he's even hung out with Jesus. No backbone, no ability to stand up, no ability to make a difference, no ability to witness. But man, you have an extreme makeover of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And guess what? You stand up. It said Peter stood up and raised his voice and addressed the crowd. In other words, a guy that couldn't even stand it around a fire, stand up in front of one person and say, I'm a Christian. And now he's standing up in front of the multitudes on the day of Pentecost, speaking in other tongues, baptized under the power of the Holy Spirit. And he's standing up and man, he's preaching and he's singing, repent and be baptized. Oh, come on, saints of God. We need a fresh touch of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We need to be renewed. We need a new passion. We need the fullness of the Holy Spirit in our lives said he stood up and he raised his voice and he addressed the crowd guess what the result was only 3,000 people got saved that day just 3,000 people got saved in one day because he got filled with the Holy Spirit as I travel you'd be amazed you'd be amazed at uh, some of the approaches today in our Assembly of God churches across the nation I mean there, there, there are ministers saying well uh, we, we don't we don't need that, and we don't want the gifts, and we don't want this, and all, all kinds of stuff. But you know what? Uh, let's, just, let's just get to the Word, and let, let's just... I think sometimes we've done the Holy Spirit a disservice. I, I think we've been bad for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let, let's take some responsibility. And sometimes I think just the terminology sometimes we use. And you know, one of the, 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 the big discussions in the Pentecostal church today is... The, the uh, initial physical evidence of speaking in other tongues. Uh, uh, you know, we, we, people want to get it. Let me, can I just tell you what the Bible says? Why, why, why would... You know what the Bible says about the heavenly language God gives us? It says, let me tell you why you need the heavenly language. And, and sometimes, too, I think that when we say tongues, I mean, people that weren't raised in, in, in old line Pentecost, they're like tongues. What? what I already got one. I, that one gets me in enough trouble. I mean, why do I need more tongues? You know, call it what you want. I, I like to call it a heavenly language, amen, that God inspires. And we don't have to go to language school to, to learn, amen. God just, just directly inspires us and fills us up and gives You know why? You, you know what? In a day and age in which people are parting hairs and they're trying to decide whether you can be filled with the Holy Spirit and not speak in tongues, you know what? Why would you not want to when the Bible says there will be times in your life that you don't know how to pray, but that's okay because the Holy Spirit knows how to pray when we do not know how to pray, and that's why you want your heavenly language, because the Holy Spirit always knows how to pray. 
I had a pastor's wife die right in front of me. Horrible four-wheeler accident. Saw her slam the ground as her four-wheeler flipped and her head hit a rock. And she died right in front of me. And we were out in the middle of the mountains of Montana. And there was no access to medical equipment. No access to doctors or ambulances. And we had no cell phones to get a hold of anybody or anything. And a, a husband, a pastor, was holding his wife in his arms. Grieving that I lost his wife. Saying, Renee, Renee, do not leave me. And let me tell you, I would love to be able to tell you that a evangelist, Ron Rhodes, had a powerful prayer to pray. But I was in shock and I just saw someone die right in front of me. But that's okay. On top of a mountain in the middle of Montana with no access to the physical realm. That's okay that I didn't have a prayer and I was in shock and nobody else had a prayer. Man, I had a backup system called the Holy Spirit. And man, a heavenly language that I got when I was 16 years old at a revival in my church kicked in because I prayed daily in my heavenly language. And I began to intercede in the power of the Holy Spirit. And guess what? 20 minutes later with no CPR, no mouth to mouth, nothing in the physical realm, she was raised from the dead and got up from there. Come on, church. That's why we need a backup system. We need a power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You want to take the chance that it's your mom? You want to take the chance that it's your situation? You see, we like to rely upon ourselves. But let me tell you, that day on that mountain, I'm so glad that an evangelist came through my church in Weatherford, Oklahoma when I was 16 years old. And I got on an altar prayer. And I said, you know what, I, 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 I've got to get this. I've got to get this. And I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And you know what? It's not something that I casually dust off. It's, it's the Holy Spirit and His anointing and His baptism is a part of my life daily. I pray in, in my heavenly language daily. Somehow we've got in our minds that the only two gifts are tongues and interpretation in a service. But can I open you up to a horizon that gifts don't just happen in the context of a corporate service and it's not just tongues and interpretation. Do you know there's other gifts? In fact, the Bible challenges pray for the prophetic. There's, there's healing. One of the gifts is healing. Miracles is a gift. Wisdom, knowledge, discernment. Do you know how many times we miss it in life because we're not operating in the gift of discernment? And the Holy Spirit says, I need you to discern this. I, I, I need to operate through the gifting through you today because someone in your workplace is getting ready to commit suicide tonight and they need somebody to get a hold of them and love them and pray with them. Somebody's going through a hard time. I've I got a situation over here. Man, how many times have we blown it and made the wrong decision? It's because we didn't seek the gifts of the wisdom and knowledge that the Holy Spirit has for us. Church, there's so many wonderful gifts. Do you realize that according to what I see in the church, the Pentecostal church today. Do you realize that what I see, based upon what I see in our churches today, that less than 5%, and that's being conservative, less than 5% of the Pentecostal church today operates in the gifts of the Spirit. And yet, we call ourselves Spirit-filled. You know what? You don't have to have reverend in front of your name to be using the gifts. You don't have to be 18 years old or 21 years old to be using the gifts. God is looking for people 
And you know what? We got to begin to create an environment of education and, and understanding about the gifts. We got to create an environment. And I appreciate the fact that your pastor was telling me he went through a series on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So, you know, it's not a time to, 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 to throw the baby out with the bathwater, as they say, because let me tell you, you know what? Uh, the reason why we distance ourselves and, and people uh, and, and a lot of pastors today that are trying to grow churches and they want big churches, they've gotten in their minds that that just doesn't fit into the politically correct world of the church today about the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'll be the first to admit that sometimes the problem with, with the seeking after the baptism, the things that people associate with, is because people become crazy sometimes. But you know what? Every time you, you study God's word about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there's always order to it. Paul dealt with order. And you know what? We don't need to crush people when they, there will always be people getting in the flesh because we are humans. But you don't crush them. You create an environment for people to be used and you encourage them and you train them and you educate them. But may I tell you that we need a very bad extreme makeover of the Holy Spirit in the Pentecostal church today. That is the reason why the Assemblies of God missions is the most effective missions program in the world because of the baptism of the Holy Spirit upon our missionaries. It makes a difference. And I would not want to go on foreign soil and have to deal with the demonic and the strongholds of the dark world without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Church, may I tell you right now, it is something that we need to desire and we need to begin to seek. We need our own upper room experience. We need to get before Almighty God as Peter did. Man, I'm so glad he didn't get cocky and say, man, I've been in a discipleship program with Jesus. I don't need anything else. Man, he found out on graduation night how much he did need it. We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing and a gift from God, and it should be a daily part of our lives. You can't declare to be filled with the Holy Spirit if you're not operating in the gifts. Period. It's like, well, it's just, no. It's just, it's just right here. And look, look what happened. Can you imagine what happened if we would truly get filled with the Holy Spirit and we would start operating the gifts? Can you imagine? Just one guy and 3,000 people got saved in one day. I'm not saying that 3,000 people are going to get saved every day that somebody gets filled with the Holy Spirit. But what I am saying, a direct result will be people getting saved. And we need people to start getting saved in our churches in America. Our baptistries have been dry way too long. We have way too many empty seats. And we have so much to offer. And the only way we'll get a backbone, the only way we'll start standing up and addressing the crowd and raising our voice is when we get filled with the Holy Spirit. And man, the wonderful gifts. And I'm so glad, I'm so glad. If I could try to draw out that moment that I stood there on top of that mountain and I, I looked down and I was sick to my stomach and I was in shock, and I had nothing to say. But man, it was just as natural as anything as I began to walk back and forth. And that wonderful prayer language began to pray out. And, oh, I would love to know one day, and I think that's going to be one of my questions when I get to heaven. Holy Spirit, what was that prayer that you prayed that day that touched the heart of God so much to raise someone from the dead that didn't, shouldn't have got up? Can you imagine? 
you know, your situations, situation you could face tomorrow. Do you want to you count on your own prayer? Or do you want to make sure that the Holy Spirit is right there? You have a heavenly language that you can pray. I want you to stand with me if you would, please. This concludes another message by Ron Rhodes. We hope this has been an encouragement to you. For more information on resources like this, you can visit us online at www.ronroads.org.